What's up, everybody? You're listening to World Your Oyster. This is your host, Paula Sanders. And if you notice, I have the most excited voice because I am here with my bestie, Mr. Jason Trojanowski. Hey, babe. Hi, everybody. What's going on? You know, just happy to be here. It's Friday or Summer Friday, as we all know it now. Uh, feeling good, feeling in charge and ready to kick off the summer and take these clothes off. Not on my couch, honey. I'm ready to get out of here, babe. Let's get this going. He was just working on the couch before, by the way, guys. Cameras were off. Cameras were off. It's really unfortunate. I wish you saw it. But I am so excited to have you here to co-host this very special episode with me. So thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with me. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being with us. I'm excited for today's uh, show. Mm -hmm, Me too. But before we get to the show, want to tell me about the pearl in your oyster this week? Pearls of our oysters this week. You want to hear the pearl of my oyster? Is that the pearl in your oyster? Yeah, let's make it that. Oh <laughs> my god, okay. Oh my god, I had amazing oysters as a matter of fact. Late last night, Brooklyn, Greenpoint. Figuratively. <laughs> no, but honestly, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, they were delicious. Okay. A beautiful mignonette sauce, beautifully minced garlic with a slight hint of the most freshest lime and lemon drizzled on top. I mean, slurped down easily. So the pearl in your oyster this week was having oysters. The pearl in my oyster was actually going to Brooklyn because I never go to Brooklyn. Oh, okay. People ask me, oh, so where are you from? I'm like, I'm well, I'm visiting. They're like, oh, from where? I'm like, Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they must hate you when you say that. Oh, I mean, it's true though. I'd never go to Brooklyn. I'm yeah. not against it. I love Brooklyn. It's just my life is on the island. Yeah, I don't really ever go to Brooklyn either, but that's... I asked someone if I needed my passport. They said no. Yeah, I always say I get a nosebleed when I go uptown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a downtown What was girly. the pearl in your oyster? Oh, honestly, I'm unprepared, but I did get to spend a little bit of time out east last weekend, which was incredible. Uh, Got to relax and rejuvenate. I stayed in a friend's beautiful home, which was filled with some of the most incredible art. And for me, like when I'm around beautiful art, I really just feel recharged and renewed and inspired again. So it was really nice to be uh, surrounded by that for a full weekend. and Well, not a full weekend, a couple of days. And then I got to see my mom, which was amazing. Oh, love Rose. Oh, if anybody knows, my mom's <laughs> name is Rose also. Yes, but my mom's name is Rose and she's the best. My mom's name is Rose. I haven't met your mom yet. Well, we got to make that happen. Yeah, you she's, met my mom. My mom's now down in North Carolina. Oh, we're never going to meet. Ugh, it's never going to happen. Yeah, that's I hardly happen. even go. Oh. Well, when next time she's back here in the dirty jurors, you let me know. I'll just bring a bouquet of roses and call that a day. This is cool. This is true. All right. Well, you want to get to the episode? Let's do it. All right. Bye. Bye. Billy Folketti. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome to World's Your Oyster. This is so exciting. And we've got Jason Trojanowski here as co-host today. Hi, everybody. This is like such an exciting day for me. I've got these two gorgeous men here with me. And I'm just- on my couch, and I'm just here. <laughs> and like she's in pajamas. I'm in my PJs, and we're just gonna have like a little kiki. It's gonna be really fun. We are into it. <laughs> no, I'm super excited to introduce you to our community of people, and I want to just start from the beginning. Where does all? First of all, 
you got to watch this on YouTube. Once it's there, it'll be there on Monday. Look at all this fabulousness. Oh, come on. <laughs> Where um, does this fabulousness come from? Uh, it's curated. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. Thank my grandmother, I think, is probably my my biggest in, influence in terms of style and aesthetic. Oh, incredible. Yeah. And where where would, did your grandmother grow up? Grandmother was born in Brooklyn and uh, of immigrant parents from Sardinia. And then they moved upstate uh, about an hour north of the city. So is that where your journey begins? That is where my journey begins. Technically speaking, I guess it begins in Washington State because that's where that's where I, you know, made my entrance um, into the world. But uh, pretty much grew up in New York since I was three years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Grandma was, you know, like I said, the biggest style influence that is, I should say, the biggest style influence I have. You know, she used to like instead of. Instead of reading me children's books, she'd read me Architectural Digest. How lucky are you? <laughs> and the Neiman's Christmas catalog. Let's not forget that. She was, <laughs> she was priming you from day she, one. She was, yeah, she was on it. I don't know that my mom likes to thank her for that so much, but I give her lots of credit. Oh, my gosh. So now how do you, so you run an incredible events business. Thank you. How do you go from a, a young man in upstate New York to a global event producer? Um, I always had big dreams. You know, glossy fashion magazines were definitely, definitely my, you know, choice and pick of poison. And I just always knew that I, there was something bigger and something better and was always obsessed with getting out of, you know, small town, even though it's only an hour north of the city. Um, especially when I grew up, it was really, you know, kind of narrow-minded. And I can remember, you know, being in elementary school and saying, you know, I'm going to move to the city one day. And, you know, people would even like, I can remember faculty and like teachers being like, oh yeah, Billy, you're going to live on Fifth Avenue. Well, I actually did. Um, (laughs) And it, you know, has been, that's, I think the, um, the sarcasm and sort of the negativity or the lack of vision or dream is really what, drove me to actually make it happen, not necessarily to prove to anyone else, but just that it was, it was that encouragement. Like, you know, people laugh at you that you can't do it. And then all of a sudden you're doing it. And all of a sudden there's social media and you're getting all of these, you know, messages from people you went to school with that are like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, you used to make fun of me, dude. (laughs) I hear you. Same here. It's funny, my whole life growing up, my only dream, I mean, I had a couple of dreams, but the biggest dream was to just be in New York City. And I didn't Mm -hmm. really know what that meant other than like living here. I didn't know what was attached to that, but Mm -hmm. it was all I ever dreamed of. Yeah. Now I hear that. And now we're here. And now we're here and we're living it. (laughs) So did you start off doing events in your local hometown or? No. So I moved to the city for college, graduated in three years instead of four. And I said, peace out. Um, moved to the city, did three years of at Baruch College here in the city, and then decided that I wanted to see something new and get a little further away from home. So I moved to LA, um, did a semester at Cal State LA, had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with my life. And when I was coming to the end of the first semester, a friend of a friend had a wedding business that specialized in Vietnamese weddings. And they were looking for someone to come in who could expand their market. So I had the interview, they hired me. Uh, It was a family-owned business, turnkey service. Like It had um, the venue, the food and beverage, dress store, flowers, decor, rentals, the whole thing. Mm. Um, And six months later in 2008, the market crashed. And it was like, okay, either, Billy, I have to fire you or fire my brother. 
So, um, fire your brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have done that. No, um, but that was really the put like you know very serendipitous because three or four of the clients that I was dealing with um, there at that company had found me in various ways. Some had my number, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And the response was, you know, across the board was, we don't want to get married without you. What are you, you know, where are you going? I was like, well, um, I'm 19 and I have no plan, but I guess I'm going to start my own business and, and start wedding planning. Wow. And, you know, 19, no idea what I was doing in business, no idea how to market. So it was, you know, four or five events and then it sizzled or fizzled, not sizzled. Um, We're sizzling now. I, <laughs> <laughs> and so from there, I did the weddings, you know, had a couple of great clients and there was no, you know, there was no repeat business after that. So I worked in retail, restaurants, bartending, um, and then finally in... 2012, I got a call from an acquaintance very similar to kind of what happened in in the original wedding business that asked me if I would be Fran Drescher's personal assistant. <gasps> Fran How Drescher? Fun. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Dish, and, please. And go. So one of the most lovely individuals I've ever I'm met. Sure. Um, just totally inspirational, you know, really cares about multiple causes um, that are close to her heart. And she is an educator and a fantastic public speaker. And so I had the interview. And then for the next two years on a regular basis, I heard Billy coming, you know, from the other side of the house. <laughs> Can you do that one more time, please, for our audience? Billy. <laughs> I love you, Fran. Oh my, god. oh my god! If she sees this, I will die. I need to see that archive. I will send it to her. We're actually still very close. Oh, oh god! Um, good, she good, actually good. sent me an email like two days ago because she's in Paris, and she goes, "I can't believe I'm in Paris and you're and you're, and you're in New York." So that happened, uh, and then in my second year, I turned 25, and I always wanted to go to Paris, and uh, there was a big part of my life where I depended on someone else to do that for me. And it never happened. And I said, you know, fuck it. Oh, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. Say okay, whatever you want. I wish yeah. you would have told me that before. I would have already <laughs> yeah. talked it. Uh, fuck um, it up, baby. Fuck it up. We, we're going to fuck it up. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going. I booked myself a ticket. I went with a girlfriend. One-way ticket? Or no, just, it was not. Just that trip. trip was not a one-way ticket. Okay. Uh, fell in love with the city, fell in love, um, and three months As we later, all do of in Paris. I sold everything, dropped my life, told Fran I was moving to Paris, and she responded, "I should have never let you go on vacation." <laughs> <laughs> I took her for a walk on the beach in Malibu, and I was just like, "I really need to tell you something." And and you know, of course, she was really supportive. So you moved there for love, essentially. I did. I love did. of the city and a lover. Uh, yes, precisely. And the part that I didn't realize is that. Um, when I moved there, like working without knowing the foreign language and not yeah. having working permits at that point um, was difficult. And yeah. so I took a step back and I said, what am I good at? What do I have experience in? And that's where Lux Paris was born. Mm -hmm. Lux Paris was previously the name of the business, but as I grew and, and things became more successful, I realized that this could be really a destination business, not just a Paris-centric yeah. business. So I dropped Paris out of the title and added my own name, um, and now it's Lux by Billy Folchetti. And what type of services do you offer? 
Yeah, we do uh, myriad services, honestly. Um, what we're really trying to do is is be a crossroads for the world of not only luxury, but design in general. Um, one thing that always really resonated with me was this quote from Valentino, where he says, um, I love beauty, it's not my fault. <laughs> and um, Valentino... You say that to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think he knows uh, that by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not my fault. He it's needs not, to know it's, it's not, not my fault. fault. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah. Um, and and so I really am working towards it being kind of a crossroads of not only events but um, fashion and art and society, um, all of the things that kind of coexist in this world together, and doing it through a space of events, not having to only be a party but events can be you know can be uh you know can be a vacation with your friends you know what right. i mean and and being able to kind of show people through my own person as the face of the brand how we can like you know pull a great a great emerging artist or a great emerging photographer and a great emerging fashion designer and pull it all together and that could be part of your event or it's just something that you know I want to show because I believe in and the reason I titled the company the way I did Lux by Billy Folchetti or Billy Folchetti depending on what country you're in <laughs> um, it was in order to show people my eye for what I feel is luxurious regardless of the price tag Mm, I love that. Beautiful. Now, your, your first couple of events that you're doing when you're Lux ex Paris, uh -huh. were those all weddings and were yeah. they all in France? Yes. The the bread and butter of the business for until 2017 or 2018 was, was 100% weddings. Officially, my first wedding was in April, I want to say third, but it was a long time ago, um, April of 2014. Wow. And since then, we've done over 200 events internationally. Wow, wow. bravo, bravo. That's... Insert clap and applause. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to work those buttons yet. But... Okay. <laughs> we could do it in post-production. We'll That's do great. it in post. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's like when you're in it, you don't realize how significant it is, but like, this these types of moments sitting here with you guys and talking about it, it's like holy shit like I did actually do something pretty significant so now typically when your clients come to you do they already have a vision in mind do they know where they like I had a destination wedding mm -hmm. one year ago I knew that I wanted to get congratulations. married congratulations I didn't know you, you were newlywed thank you that's yes, why she's still year. got the sexy pajamas yes. <laughs> she's still got that new glow still got the new glow we've still got our wrapper I want the on glow. us um, you know I knew that I wanted to get married in Sicily I knew where I wanted to get married mm -hmm. of the two places because I had been there mm -hmm. um, and I kind of already had my vision or is it the clients that come to you they know that you have a vision and they want to work with you for that uh, execution that's a really good question actually I think in the beginning before being able to really put my vision out there and do things the way that I wanted to do them they would come to me with a vision but in recent history in the post-covid world the one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is people sort of being hesitant about what they want. And mm -hmm. what I always tell the clients is if you're hiring a wedding planner, you shouldn't have to know what you want because it's the job of the planner to help you figure that out and help you, you know, sort of curate and develop your vision. Um, so, you know, I have clients now, especially that were 
destination, generally speaking, as opposed to just Paris or just France or just Italy, is, you know, they come kind of nervous about not knowing what they want. And I say, like, that's actually the first thing you should feel is because I'm going to help you figure that out through a long process of like reverse psychology, basically. Okay, so um, run us through that. <laughs> so, so I think the best way to describe it is the first thing I say to everyone is, I don't care what you like. I want to know what you don't like because that makes it so much easier. Mm. Because you can like a lot of things and, you know, like and love and, you know, everywhere in between. But usually, generally speaking, when you don't like something, you're really sure that you don't like it. Right. So I can avoid that immediately. Mm. And that that's sort of the essence, I guess, or the soul of the process and figuring out what someone wants when they don't even know what they want. Exactly. And now how do you go about sourcing like your contacts and your vendors? I mean, that's a huge part of it, right? You need to know, especially oh, when you're yeah. working in far-flung countries, you really need to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And so how do you do that market research? and Market research, reviews, um, I think just feeling the person apart from their creative ability. Obviously, you know, the creative ability is without saying, you know, of utmost importance, but I do think that there's something really special about just good people and, and having a vibe with them. And, you know, when you're dealing with someone, when you're bringing, as a planner, bringing a client to a vendor, you have to be really sure that that vendor also is going to carry, you know, carry your client well. And I think, you know, my clients come to me because they like my vibe, they like my style. So if I have a similar click with one with a vendor, then I know there's going to be a good vibe happening all around as we move into the event. How would you describe your vibe or your, and your style of events? Oh, uh, unorthodox, I think, um, very much thinking outside of the box, really creative. I am really into kind of offering the unexpected. Um, for example, most, or I'll, maybe not most, but a lot of my clients actually in, in the wedding side of the business call me the anti-wedding planner. Um, okay. Which is perhaps my proudest moment in my professional career so far, because I think, you know, the wedding industry is very much guilty of being something that would put, you know, Henry Ford's assembly line to shame. It's mm -hmm. all of the same thing. It's all of the same process. It's the same long aisle of flowers on either side. It's the same long dinner. And, um, you know, I really, really, really encourage clients to just do what they want and uh, do what you want and not what you think you have to do, right? Like in this day and age, we're all different. You know, we we all are mixing cultures, mixing religions, um, you know, same-sex weddings, all, all of the above, right? And so why are we following some, you know, outdated, archaic, yeah. archaic handbook of what a wedding is supposed to be? Because we're all developed and, and we're all different now. So shouldn't your wedding be different? Absolutely. The one thing that I said that I did not want, absolutely not, was I do not want to come out as everybody welcome for the very first oh, time, God, Mr. The and Mrs. Nathaniel Rittenberg. Like, 
No, no, thank you. Please uh-uh. stop. Sounds like you're throw. coming out into the ring to fight mm. your new husband. But this is what they do on Long Island, where I'm from. I mean, this is like oh, every yeah. standard no. entryway. And then, then like the, the bridal comes out dancing. The bridal oh, party comes no. out dancing yeah. together. If I, like, if I they hear make up dumb like dances. single ladies one more time yeah, at a bouquet toss, I, I just kind of try and throw all of that stuff out the window. And I think you're actually tossing the bouquet out in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'll actually take I'm that. Like, I'm just gonna, yeah, we're gonna get rid of this now. But I think that that's what makes it fun. And, you know, there's ways to go about it. Like, we've recently had a couple of events or or upcoming events where we're really emphasizing cocktail hour as opposed to a long sit down dinner. A lot of my brides fight me on that. And then I say, okay, so when you get invited to a wedding, why do you go? Oh, well, because it's gonna be a great party. Okay, so maybe we should get, you know, fast forward a little bit and get to the party a little bit sooner. Well, because European weddings, I like I said, I just had a European wedding and it's very different than a traditional Long Island or New York City wedding where, uh, you know, on Long Island or in New York, if wherever you are, you know. Or Jersey, let's not exclude the tri-state. I mean, really probably anywhere. We're missing Connecticut. (laughs) I think really anywhere across the United States, it's more of a dance, sit, dance, sit, dance, sit, dance, 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 and then the desserts kind of move around. But in Europe, it's cocktail hour Mm -hmm. and a seated dinner before there's any dancing. Correct. For the most part. For the most part. That is kind of the normal process. I was having a heart attack in the middle of my wedding because my sit-down dinner became somehow two two and a half hours because we were on Sicilian time. Right. And my lovely family is looking at me like, where is the goddamn dancing? (laughs) And I I even explained it to them a few times. I said, guys, just so you know, it's a full sit-down dinner before there's really any real dancing. Like, just be prepared. But then the heart palpitation started because I was very busy opening up a private members club while we were planning the wedding and I just took a back seat and kind of, I, I just let it rock. I let my husband do it and he worked with the people at the, you know. And then the day of the wedding, I yeah. had a full-blown panic attack. <laughs> so I think that doing an elongated cocktail hour and a very short dinner Two is Two courses perfect. at the table. Do not torture people. Yeah, that's welcome to Southern Italy. Five. five. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. five. Yeah. It was amazingly delicious. Amazingly delicious. And that's one of the most amazing things about European weddings or, you know, Italy or France is the quality of food and what you're paying is just so superior on every level. Absolutely. Um, Totally. And generally less expensive. What are some of your favorite destinations for weddings? So I, one of my favorite weddings that I've ever done was actually in Marrakesh. Morocco is very, very dear to my heart. Um, when I lived in Paris, I used to, it's kind of like, Morocco is kind of like Miami for New Yorkers. Like we lived in Paris and it was only, you know, a two or three hour flight to get to Marrakesh. And that was actually the first, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first like outside of France destination that I pursued. And it was really like, again, serendipitous. Uh, we were there like, a month or two months for that trip. And I got a call from an Australian bride who wanted to get married in Paris. And and I, I just like casually mentioned, I'm like, you know, I'm in Marrakesh right now. And like, and she and she said, stop. I'm like, 
okay, I guess you don't like that idea. She's like, I wanted to do Marrakesh and I couldn't find anyone to do it. And I'm like, you've, wow. I'm not kidding. I like, you couldn't write the way that this conversation happened. And, and so she ended up getting married in Marrakesh. Wow. What was the venue? Uh, the Royal Monceau. Oh, yeah. The Hello, best. how are you? Uh-huh. Hello, how are you? Oh Can we have God. dinner? Yes. yes. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm never leaving. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, that had to have been outrageous. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, the really intimate. It was like fifth, 10 or 15 people. Oh, but, oh beautiful. Yeah. And what, what's really cool about that is you can take, you know, a lot of my clients, I had one last summer on Lake Como who had, you know, a six-figure wedding budget for their American wedding. And they said, you know, fuck it. We're going to take that six figures and do a badass, like, vacation and just go all out with everything we're doing, multiple courses, you know, dancing, tours, like, mm-hmm. you name it, they did it. They lived like Rockefellers over the course of, you know, seven days as opposed to, Beautiful. you know, a hundred or $120,000 at a minimum in the States getting spent in six hours. And now did you do for them like three days wedding and then you also planned a trip for them or it was like seven days? So they were, they were only 10 people. So what I did with them. What's with these tiny little weddings? This people is, like it because. Do you feel that because it's so intimate that can actually be more difficult because of all the details? You have to be sure that you're, you're like inserting levels of entertainment throughout because like I think it's common that at a dinner party, for example, which is kind of what that that size event becomes, is just this really over the top, really chic and really luxurious dinner party um, that you find ways to make sure that like in moments of low, um, where maybe it's an awkward conversation, maybe a few people don't know each other, like it's not really flowing, that you can do something that will pick that energy back up. Right. Um, so I, I think in any event or wedding, um, entertainment, food as entertainment is really an interesting concept in the sense of like, okay, the plate tastes really good, but why are we, why not, in a small setting, of course, why not bring the chef out, set up a station and have him actually prepare at least the finishing of the dish in front of the guests so they really get involved. And again, you know, to me, luxury is an experience, not a price tag. So that's an experience. Like you can say, you can go to a Michelin star restaurant and be like, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever eaten. Or go to, a, you know, Trattoria and say that's the best thing I've ever eaten. But what you're going to remember is not only what it tasted like, but watching, you know, the chef prepare it. And I think... And how you felt while you were... Exactly, exactly. And that's what luxury is. It's your feeling. It's your experience. It's what sense does it evoke and how can we evoke all of the senses? Hey, my pearls. Since you're listening to this show, I would assume that you are into all things self-betterment. And what is better than being healthy, which is why we've partnered with eFunctional. eFunctional is an online healthcare marketplace designed to meet the needs of today's busy and health-conscious consumers. With eFunctional, you gain access to fully certified, state-of-the-art laboratories right from your own home. Their partnership with top-notch laboratories allow them to offer a wide range of at-home laboratory tests from wellness and sexual health to food sensitivities and more. 
eFunctional is your trusted partner for accessible, accurate, and affordable healthcare testing. Visit their website at www.efunctional.com for more information and use our code OYSTA20, that's O-Y-S-T-A-20, for 20% off at checkout. And now you have no excuse to get your diagnostics on. You'll thank us later. How do you foster a connection with these clients to make sure that you really are executing their vision? So first and foremost, um, everything is bespoke. So we don't, you know, going back to that idea of assembly line, there are no packages, right? Everyone needs something different. And every wedding planner on the planet will say, you know, you guys are special and your wedding should reflect you. And then they send you a package that they sent to 9,000 other people. So first thing is first, um, not only for the client, but for myself, um, because I've learned a little bit about self-preservation in this line of work. It's cutthroat. It's, well, you yeah, tend to give yourself... Brides are dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so what I do is I request an interview um, at first, and basically that's that's a dual interview. They're interviewing me and I'm interviewing them. Um, figuring out what they want, you know, what is their, like, and it's always, it's, nine times out of 10, um, a video call because I want to see who they are. How do they present themselves? How are they dressed? What's the atmosphere they're sitting in? Because that in and of itself really allows you to figure out who the person is. 100%. Um, and that allows me to understand what kind of bride or what kind of groom um, or any of the non-binaries, um, what does that look like and who are they? Uh, because then I know if it's a good fit for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a huge part of my career just doing weddings because I was trying to build the business and and really kind of being at the mercy of what the bride or groom or whoever's aesthetic, you know, cl- the client's aesthetic. And, and now I've thanked the powers that be that I've been able to um, really kind of insist that I'm choosing the client because I know that they're going to follow my lead and I don't have to sacrifice what I think beauty is because they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it also, I think it it validates a little bit more respect on your side to say, hey, I just don't think that we're going to be a good fit and I don't want to waste your time on such a momentous day or moment. But most importantly, I don't want to waste your money. Yeah. And I don't want to waste my time and or yep. my team's time. Abs- mm-hmm. a, a million percent. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And and like that's part of like business building, right? And part part of life. Like we can't, we have to make mistakes. Um, and I always say that, you know, we evolve based on experience solely. And so whether that be good experience or bad experience, um, you will learn lessons from that. And that's what helps us evolve as humans. Absolutely. So I think it, the power of no there also stands true with saying, hey, I'm totally capable of doing this. I just don't think that this will work out for right. either one of us. Right. Let me send you to someone who I think would be a great fit. Right. And, and I that's think the respect there alone would be like, you know what? Thank you so much. They're going to want to work yeah. with you more. Absolutely. They're going to want to work with you more. Yeah. And, and the I other would. thing, too, is just like in, in this business, like that. Also, you don't necessarily have to lose money because you can collect a, a finder's fee on that, right? So it's a revenue stream in and of itself, mm. which is something that I didn't really realize in the beginning. Like, okay, 
I could pass this off to someone who fits this aesthetic or this mold or someone who is very traditional in the sense of wedding planning. If you haven't noticed, I'm not really a traditional, which is another thing. I mean, I don't thing. think either one of us are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any, any, There's not a traditional being no, sitting here. No. <laughs> but it's, I, you know, it's not even about the finder's fee. It's more so just paying it forward because yeah. somehow, some way, it's going to come back yeah. to you. And sometimes it comes back to you tenfolds over. Absolutely. Can you share a particular uh, story or event that really struck a chord with you that you hold with you forever as one of your most precious and valuable events? Oh, God. One specifically, uh, I don't think I can name, honestly. I have more, like, great and some best friends from now than I've ever had because of the really deep and beautiful connection that I make with not all, but a lot of my clients. Um, you know, one specifically who has really become just like a, a rock in my life. Ironically, I planned her wedding and then helped her plan her divorce. Um, Did you have a divorce party? <laughs> not yet. We're, oh. we're, I'm still trying to We're planning. That. We're in the planning um, phase. But, you know, that's life <laughs> and it happens and, and that's just part of being realistic. But the, the connections that come out of it and I think the shock value um, of the destination process in general, you know, th the gratitude that comes from a majority of the clients is just, you know, mind-blowing. And, and people years later will, you know, just totally unexpectedly say, like, you know, you inspired me to do this or, you know, you changed something, you know, in my life because of your thought pro like these really unexpected, mm. beautiful things that come out of, of the relationship making and, and being around people and working with people. And it's like, that is beyond the glamour and the glitz and, you know, any dollar amount. It just, there is nothing, not all the money in the world could, could replace that feeling. I love it. I relish in those emails mm -hmm. or a phone call or a text message. And they yeah. just, my favorite's when a client's on a trip and they send me a picture in the moment yeah. saying, thank you so much for this or that, or thank you for suggesting this. I would have never thought mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. That one moment is so significant. It, I'm like, this is why I love doing It washes away all of the frustrations, yeah. right? It really does. I mean, yeah. it really, really does. I When I, when I first started um, and I was first booking clients, I was really diligent about having letters of reference from past brides um, so that new clients or new event clients or new brides or grooms, et cetera, et cetera, um, could hear firsthand, you know, what I referred to uh, as the Lux experience. And the letters that came, I can't tell you how many times I like broke into tears because you, you don't, you really because life moves so fast and because the process is go, go, go and getting to the deadline and everything being done on time, you, a lot of times don't, you don't realize the impact that you have in someone. And after the fact, when you have a moment to breathe and like those letters come in, I, I mean, nine times out of 10, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it together when, when I read them. And that's, that's what, what makes it. It it's, it's funny, but like people are quick to complain and chew you up if one minute little detail is off. Yeah. But to compliment you, to take their time to write a complimentary letter that's a or a really statement, good point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For them that, to do that and go out of the way, just it it's tenfold over is the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. You're right. It's easy to complain, but well, this you is know, the most the important gratitude. night of their life. It's the most important weekend of a lot of people's yeah. lives. But sometimes so. in that one moment, they're so happy, but they still just walk away. Right. And you're on the back end like, well, how was it? 
Yeah. Is everything okay? Was yeah. it okay? And they're like, oh, it was great. Do you, do you doubt yourself all the time too? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, how can you oh, not? Shit, how can you not? Did. I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for response. that message. But then yeah. I'm like, well, I guess no message is a is, good message. Yeah, no news is good news. That's no right. news is good news. That is yes, true. That is what I learned. I, I, so I used to be a concierge. Careful what you I, wish for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to work for a luxury lifestyle management from a travel agency for four years. And I, you know, being new in that and very green in that industry, mm -hmm. I was just hoping that at any moment my client was going to text me and tell me how, what an amazing time they were having or how happy they were or how happy the, the friend was with the gift that I sent yeah. them. And the truth is, is that like those messages are very far and few between yeah. unless you're sending golden ponies like you do, you know, like, I mean, this is what Jason does uh, to go above and beyond for so his So my clients. birthday is November 9th. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when we're off there, he has to tell you about the pony story because it's like, it's I quite, it's wait. really outrageous. But, you you know, it was always like no news is good news for me. Yeah. Like I finally got around to that. But yeah. I think it's so smart that you are asking your clients to write these reference letters because, you know, I remember coming off of my wedding, I was so emotional mm -hmm. and just so grateful. Yeah. And it was the most love I've ever felt, the most loved mm -hmm. and the most love that I've ever felt. And mm -hmm. there was, you couldn't say anything for me for, to me for like two weeks. Like, because I was just riding this incredible high. Like way. if I was... If I was to write a note to our planners that we use, which I didn't, whoops, uh, they didn't ask them. Well, <laughs> um, they it's never ask. too late. Listen, it's only been a it's year. Been a year. It's, it's never they, too late. They have never to work late. almost directly with, it's this, never with Nathaniel, too late and Nathaniel is, is, a, is a pain in the butt. You can use the same excuse that everyone always says. Oh, it's been in my drafts. I'm it's so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's been in my drafts. Yeah, every time someone says it's in your drafts, I'm like, you just didn't write it. Oh it God, was stuck in my outbox. Yeah, stuck in the uh, outbox. Yes, That's yeah. my stuck. favorite one. Yes, stuck, stuck as in stuck in the outbox of your brain and it never, <laughs> it never happened. It never made its way to the keyboard. Made, no, yeah. no, but it's like, there's something about weddings, man. And then when you get back home from your honeymoon, you're like depressed. Mm. Yeah, the post the post event <laughs> depression is is real. Do I mean, you and experience it though too? One million okay. percent. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, Listen, sometimes it's a major celebration depending on the client, but <laughs> a majority of clients, um, it is. You, you, you know, you you are working with and talking to these people. In on the wedding side, it's usually twelve months um, for a destination format. Sometimes more, and mm -hmm. many times less. Um, but even with like the more kind of like corporate-y, you know, business clients, like you know, and and the the artist dates that I've worked with, like. You're putting so much time and energy into it, and sometimes when you're when you're on a really tight deadline, you're talking to these people like hours a day, especially if there's a lot of you know cooks in the kitchen and approvals that need to happen and et cetera, et cetera. And and like, I actually had a client once say to me like, I I'm gonna miss you. Like I don't I'm upset because and of course I started crying. Um, my nickname once upon a time was Weeping William, but that's <laughs> it probably should still be, and oh I'm okay gosh. with it. Um, but that just uh, means you're alive. Right. Like, that's it. I'm cool with that. And you really do feel that way because you're in constant communication, and, and like, the payoff is so great when everything goes well, but then the day after, you're like... Okay, so what do I do now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, hopefully you're booked and blessed right. and you've got other things to work on. But yeah, I could imagine that the, the planners feel that way too. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, and it's also this like overwhelming joy for somebody else too. Yeah. Which, and I think when you're in the event industry or if you're like concierge, travel agency, you're, you're in like the people pleasing business in yeah. a way. Absolutely. And we are people that I think feel nurtured by other people's happiness and success. So it's like, um, 
I don't know, it's just an incredible thing to be a part of. No, it's, it's cool. Um, and, and again, you know, that's something like these types of experiences with you guys today, it really, it like gives me personally a moment to say, think like, oh, wow, you know, I really, this, this is like really substantial, yeah. you know, substantial work. So this is, this in and of itself is a beautiful experience. Absolutely. We're having a good old time. We are having oh, a good time. We're having a good time. And now in... Good times aside, what are the shitty things that you have to deal with? So what are the... What oh, are the, God. <laughs> all what are the, deep breath. Yeah, what are the challenges? Can I get a tequila and a hug? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've been through... I mean, things that literally that you wouldn't believe if I told you. And it actually led me... We <laughs> yeah, you, well, you guys actually might. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it led me to actually put something in my contract called the Zillow Clause. Um, and and it is a, it's a two-paragraph clause about how you will not disrespect us, you will not micromanage us, you will not tell us how to do our job, and also anyone who is involved in the process. So it's not just brides. A lot, I've had... I've had more bad grooms than I've had bad brides, oh, to be totally honest. I can see that. Um, and mothers and sisters and you know things, all all of the above, um, which inspired me to do it. And now most of the time, I know it's going to be a good client when they respond. They're like, "Oh my god, I was rolling over the bri- uh, the Zillow clause." Um, Zilla. The Zilla. It's not Bridezilla. I it's thought it Zilla. was Zillow. Zilla. I thought you kept oh, saying Zillow. Zillow. I'm like, Zillow. Zillow. Zilla. Have you seen that this SNL is- skit? It, no. No. Uh, what the, skit is this? Oh my god! It's like the the, the premise is Zillow. It, for, Zillow is the new porn for thirty plus. <laughs> oh right! I did. And like, did, mo- did like, yes. Oh, fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> No. You have to watch I'm it. I'm sleeping by it, the time Saturday Night Live is on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I watched it on YouTube, but that's fine. Hysterical. Um, well, good for you for setting that tone because you know what? A lot of people use event planners or anyone in that uh, that experiential position to kind of use them as a punching bag. Absolutely. And it's not one. fair. Yeah. It's not yeah. right. And then 100%. It's, you, you kind of have to say like, hey, we are working together and I understand that this is very emotional for you, but, but you have to respect me. Yes. And I still have to love what I do in order to execute exactly yeah. what you want, plus, plus, plus. Yeah. No, and and also in so many times respecting the budget, right? You know, I, I, I can remember one time I had a groom who like, you know, just couldn't stop complaining about the budget. And, and I will help you, guide you through like expectations approximately of spending. But the disclaimer that I give every client is like, listen, this is our, you know, this is approximately what you're going to pay per person. But at the end of the day, you are the one making the decisions. Right. So if you make the dumb choice to get a photographer that costs, you know, $25,000 instead of 10 or 8 or 12, then that's your responsibility. Or upgrading the flowers or upgrading the cuisine and, or upgrading and the linens. Weeks into like him complaining about I think it was the food budget, I can't remember because they chose and I told them when they chose the chat it was a chateau in the Loire Valley I said this is you need to understand this is going to this is has immediately increased the budget because you chose a more expensive venue um and like weeks before the wedding he calls me and he says you know she wants to arrive to the ceremony in a hot air balloon plus First plus of all, plus i'm like um <laughs> hmm, i'm not doing that it's definitely going to mess up her hair and makeup and 
how are we landing the balloon exactly where you want to do the ceremony? Like, I don't think <laughs> oh there's a, he's like, can't you just look into it? I was like, and I said to him, I was like, you know, a week ago you chewed me out because, because of what your wedding budget looks like on decisions that you made. And now you're asking me to air balloon fly in the bride to land at a specific spot for the ceremony. And then the next thing they're going to say is, can you control the wind? Right, control the wind and, you know, <laughs> get like a, an army of, you know, bodyguards to help her get out of a hot air balloon in her wedding dress. And her hair better be intact. Yeah, yeah exactly. If there's one fly away. It's going to be a hot, it. hot ass mess, yeah. that's for sure. Hot, yeah, I, I think he had a lot of hot air in his head, honestly. <laughs> Hope he's not watching. <laughs> Notice I didn't name him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, before we let you go, you have to do our quick fire round. Are you ready oh, for it? Okay, this is getting hot. <laughs> what are the three things that you think about every single day? Uh, self awareness, self care, and loving myself. Did you practice this before? You I, I didn't. I actually just totally pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would it be? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> don't, don't cross me. Don't cross me. Ouch. Sting. Been warned. You've been warned. What's the best advice you've ever received? I think it is along the lines verbatim would be believe in yourself and then others will follow. Don't, don't try and be what other people expect you to be, be your authentic self. And, and through that process, you will automatically and naturally be surrounded by people who love you because you're, you're true and they're learning who you are as a true person. That Jason, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh God, I was not. I was actually uh -huh. listening to his. <laughs> oh no, man, that's uh, you know I, I would have to piggyback on the authenticity. Um, that's a really tough question. I've been given. I have had so many great mentors in all of my years up until now, and I still have many more to go. But just being true to myself and always wanting up one upping myself always, whether it's my yeah. business, whether it's home life, whether it's my relationships. Always just one upping everything. Mm -hmm. and That's just great. Doing your I best, love that. Just giving your best always 100% because at the end of the day, if you don't give your best, at least you can walk away and say, hey, I tried. I yeah. gave you what I could give you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to either A, follow through or not, but just give your best. Be authentic. Mm. Absolutely. Definitely. What's yours? Yeah, good one. Table turn. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> the best advice I've ever received is actually from my grandfather, and he's told my, myself, my mother, all of us this for our entire lives, and it's take it easy when you're going fast. He was a, is a wise, wise man. That yes. is, burnout is a real thing. Yeah. yeah that's and, but so But also enjoy when you're going yeah. fast and... Typically, when you're moving fast in your life, that means that you've got a lot going on. And usually, you know, it could be good things, could be bad things. But take your time to just mm. enjoy it, sit in it, and just take it easy when you're going fast. There's no reason to go that fast. Yeah. Life yeah. moves quickly, but it will catch up with you. Yeah, it will. And it's not, it's usually not as much of an emergency as we we make it to be. None of us are curing cancer or doing brain surgery. Correct. Well, I mean, some of you might be. No, but some of you, you definitely us. are. Don't 100% listeners. Some of you are. Please, Please use keep doing what yes. you're doing. Keep yes. doing what you're doing. And thank you for your service. Exactly. Exactly. But the three of us, we're no, not we're, curing we're, no. any diseases We're making over here. fun times happen. Exactly. But listen, that's that's a disease in and of itself. We're making people laugh and entertaining people. So we're, we're helping people. We oh, are. Yeah, we, we are. We absolutely are. 
Last and final question. There's a precursor, though. Do you like oysters? I love an oyster. How do you take your oysters? <laughs> uh, well, I kind of avoid oysters, but no. Oh, oh, oh. Dude, what the hell? You just told me you love oysters. How do I like them? Um, well, salty, um, <laughs> fresh. That's fresh. a good one. Yeah, yeah fresh does it. We like yeah. that. Yeah, we definitely like fresh. On ice, not warm. Yeah, I, <laughs> raw. Definitely raw. Maybe a little touch of like a spicy cocktail sauce, but usually I just just go for it. I love it. I love it too. Love. Uh, can we, now I want an oyster. Yeah, I'm starving, so we got to get the heck <laughs> out of here before, to before, I, before I eat both before of these men for out. lunch. But it was so fun to this hang out with amazing. you. This was amazing. This was great. Didn't Thanks know what to by. expect, but this was Fabulous. and Welcome to the world of the oysters. The oysters. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming, Jason. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks you know for having I love me yet you. again. Very deep. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster and share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye-bye.